This is where the law stops. And I start. This week we watched Cobra from 1986 and action. You're watching the VHS Files. My name is Josh and with me tonight is Jason. Unfortunately, Eric is a little under the weather. He won't be joining us for this episode. So we had to, uh, Call in the big guns. You know him from the AIPT Comics podcast, the Silver Linings Playlist podcast, and oh, that's a scary movie podcast. You also recognize him from the show that's on this channel feed for new eyes only, where he and I talk about James Bond. Mr. Nathan Simmons is with us tonight. Hello, everyone. <laughs> in America, there's a podcast every 11 seconds. <laughs> That's probably really true, though. I think it is true. <laughs> At this point, yeah. How you doing, Nathan? I'm good, man. I am fucking stoked to be talking. One of my favorite 80s flicks. One of my top Stallones. I'm a sucker for good conversation. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm wearing a leather jacket indoors. I can barely see the screen. He's got his aviators. I got my pizza. I got my scissors. Let's roll. I love it. Well, tonight we are talking about Cobra from 1986. You have the right to remain silent. Drop it. I would just like to say for anyone that's new watching, welcome for anybody that's coming back. Thanks for coming back and watching our show. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button and the like button, it helps us out quite a bit. And if you'd like some of our merch, you can visit the link in our description box below, redbubble.com, get you some VHS Files merch. Absolutely. If I wasn't trying to look so manly tonight with my flannel and my leather jacket, I'd be rocking my VHS Files shirt, right? Not that they're not manly. I'm going for pure 80s toxic masculinity tonight, fellas. What are you waiting? Let's go! We've got a lot to talk about here. I believe collectively this is probably one of our top tier Stallone movies. Yeah, but it's just a little one. This is one I watched quite a bit as a kid. Jason, I'm sure you watched this one quite a bit when you were younger as well. Just a little bit. Just a, just little, a little bit. bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, before we get into everything, uh, we're going to go back to 1986. Just because Eric's not here doesn't mean we're not going to go back in time. Well, guys, in 1986, you could have jumped into your brand new Acura Legend and headed to the theater to see Ridley Scott's Legend. Hey. Hey. You also could have seen Top Gun, Short Circuit, The Money Pit, and Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. You're gonna die in there. All of you. You are gonna die. Dude haunts my dreams to this day. Just to this day. Yeah, dude. <laughs> He's the scariest thing about the Poltergeist movies. Just him. The radio was full of love in May of 1986. You had Your Love by The Outfield on the radio. I just want to use your love tonight. Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer. The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. Why mm. Can't This Be Love by Van Hagar. So tell me why can't this be love? Why can't it? And Prince just wanted your... Nathan? Kiss! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
this is gonna be a fun show uh-huh it's it's always a fun show here at the vhs files get used to it uh in 1986 clint eastwood was elected mayor of carmel california did you guys know that i had no idea i didn't yeah do you guys know why there are so many jokes about chuck norris but none about clint eastwood no no it's because clint eastwood's no joke Oh, there you is, go. Is this what it's like to like watch the Tonight Show monologue live? <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Yeah, probably so. You guys seen this? Have you heard about this? You're in the shit now, Nathan. <laughs> hey, here's something. <laughs> well, I hate to bring everything down, but uh, undoubtedly one of the most famous events in 1986 was the worst nuclear disaster ever. Chernobyl's nuclear power plant explodes. Mm -hmm killing 31 people and radio contaminating the entire rest of Europe. And um, it, was a, it was a bad time. 1986 was uh, was nothing to joke about in that aspect. Uh, but uh, do you guys know who the most popular band is in Chernobyl by chance? Uh, radioactive head. Uh, <laughs> municipal waste. <laughs> that would be Fallout Boy. Shit. <laughs> Were they even thought of at that point? Were they even a gleam in their dad's eye in 1986? <laughs> I asked I asked Jenny if it would be in poor taste to joke about Chernobyl, and she gave me a glowing stare. Hey. Oh. Josh just doesn't get no respect at all. I got no respect. No respect around here. <laughs> did you guys know the Oprah Winfrey show debuted in 1986? I did not. Remains the highest rated daytime talk show to this day. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can. Oprah's a queen. Do you guys know the best thing about an Oprah Winfrey joke? No. You get the joke, and you get the joke, and you get the joke! Oh, boy. Oh my god. Eric, where are you? Come back. <laughs> we need you, Eric! Eric, how am I doing? <laughs> he's laying in his bed sick, and he's like grabbing the the, you know, the bucket. Hey, he just, Josh. <laughs> he just felt a disturbance in the force. I feel it also, Master. And finally, in 1986, we were looking forward to the future for personal hygiene advances. So uh, let's roll the clip. Is it just me or does I this look like Jason X? It does. Oh my God, yes! Yeah, we just did that, bro. That's a scary movie, and it is 100% Jason X costuming. And is it just me or does, is that, does that roll on antiperspirant look like a dickhead? Uh, it certainly does now. It's very, yeah, very phallic. The future yes. is real. The future is real. Antiperspirant system you smooth on. It's real. Real antiperspirant. Oh, they're doing it. By Menon. Thank you so much, Josh, for taking over Eric's segment for Back in Time. You did a great job there, buddy. Pat on the back. Pat yeah, on the here back. we go. Give it up, go, there. Josh. Eric, Eric. I hope you, Eric, I hope you're proud, or at least, you know, inspired by my, by my great jokes. <laughs> we hope you're not more sick after watching that. So, And uh, we hope you come back next week. Hey, look, this is not your specialty, okay? Well, let's get into Cobra a little bit here. We're going to start with the budget. Budget of 25 million bucks. Mm-hmm. Box office of $160 million. A fucking blockbuster, bro. A bruh. huge hit. A huge, huge hit. I mean, partially and because Canon Films was like, cut this thing to the bone and put it in as many screenings as possible. Like the old, the classic Canon gambit. Yeah, 80, 86 minutes or less. Uh -huh. Put it in 3,000 theaters. Let's do let's, it. Let's cut this $1 million segment from Superman 4 just so we can play it two more times a day. <laughs> yep. 
Well, surprisingly enough, with it, with it being a blockbuster at the time, the Rotten Tomatoes scores on this uh, was actually kind of surprising to me. A uh, critic score of 18%. 18%. Look, man, <laughs> I love this movie. That score makes perfect sense to it me. Does. Oh. <laughs> it does. Well, that's the thing. We're talking about Rotten Tomatoes of today. Yeah, as of today's standards, yeah, it's an 18. Movie. Well, even the audience score today is pretty ridiculous. 43% audience and score. And critics hated it at the time, too. How bad is it? It's bad. Trust yeah. me, nostalgia plays a, a huge part in why sure. I love this movie so much. Directed by George P. Cosmatos, who... I didn't know until I started doing research here. Mm -hmm. His son is the director of Mandy. Another one of my faves. It's crazy evil. And, uh, but most notable before Cobra, Rambo First Blood Part 2. Stallone is back as Rambo. I'm coming to get you. First Blood Part 2. Which is the most ridiculous sequel name ever. <laughs> the closest thing we have these days is the the sequel naming conventions for the Fast and Furious franchise, right? right. <laughs> After Cobra goes on to do Leviathan in 1989 with RoboCop. <laughs> and then one of yes, Jason's one You're going to say uh, it. A movie Jason brings up quite you're a bit. You're going to say it. Tombstone in 1993. Yeah. I'll be a Huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo? Somebody just walked over your grave. Which, depending on who you talk to, was actually directed by Kurt Russell. <laughs> like, <laughs> like ghost directed by Kurt Russell. Well, that makes sense because uh, this was, uh, Cobra was pretty much ghost directed by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. When Stallone walked on set, George, George P was like, oh yes, Sly, yes. And Sly was like, I want a two shot over there. I want a shot over there. Uh, Brian, you're gonna be going over here. Stallone was directing this movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, I, think uh, I, I think I read a quote somewhere where he said that Cosmontos was a better producer than a director. When Stallone wasn't on the set, George P. was tyrannical, screaming, you know, jawing, mashing, jawing. And you know, the last thing George P. said to me, when we finished filming, he's like, you would have been very good in this film if you would have listened to me. And he walked away. That's how he said thank you to me. But then there's also stories that Brian Thompson tells about how like he was like begging for motivation and like give me more direction and stuff. And they were just sort of, they just kind of let him go instead. He just, he looked at me, you know, he gave me that, he intimidate me with his stare, which I'm sure he did, but I tried not to show it. Oh, uh, yeah, we could try like that. Well, George, let's go over there and shoot it real quick. You know, and then... <laughs> that was a pretty good one, Josh. Yep. Mm -hmm. About 40% of my Stallone impression is just Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles' Stallone impression. Well, 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 maybe I'll fight Apollo, well, uh, maybe I won't, you know? <laughs> what do you think? Adrian! <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? That's pretty much what I gathered from the behind the scenes of this. It was going to be a big movie for some people, namely people like Brian Thompson, who mm -hmm. before this, I believe, had done uh, The Terminator, and that was really about it. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean. 
right? <laughs> Just talked about the Terminator recently on uh, Silver Linings Playlist with Nathan. If you guys mm -hmm. want to go back and check that out, uh, a movie that's ingrained in my DNA, much like this one. And, and take a shot every time someone in that episode says, it's just so good, like, yeah. or some variation <laughs> of that. It happens so many times. <laughs> and I bring up the Terminator, not just for to, to, to plug Nathan's podcast, but also like this movie has a lot in common with the Terminator in my oh, opinion. Oh, totally. This movie kind of starts out a slasher and morphs uh -huh. into a, a, an action movie pretty much. Yes. And, uh, and I would argue the, the, the kill scenes are the best shot portions of the movie. Like there's yeah. some really like creepy editing when it does the ramping up and slow-mo. It's, it's really unexpected and unnerving. It's, it's, it's a crazy aspect they've got in this movie where it's like, oh, any, any normal Tom, Dick and Harry could be involved in this, in this. Yeah. Cult. I was very confused by my character's um, existence in the world because the script reads as if we are a part of the world as it is, reality, cop film. But this guy and this band of guys banging axes didn't seem to have any real connections to the real world. So that was a little scary. It's Fight Club. That's all it is. I mean, you had the guy that pumps gas, but then you got a, the guy that's a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't right. matter. You know, you can, you can be high class, but still want to beat the shit out of people at night. You know, that's the same thing. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. We can say that, that, that Christopher Nolan has stolen things from people all we want to. Don't you dare say anything about David Fincher. Okay? No, he's not. He's, he's, he's calling out Chuck Palahniuk. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. Um, yeah, but also, you know, anybody could be a member of this gang and they will bring about the new world by killing ladies sometimes <laughs> i mean they don't discriminate they do kill quite a few dudes also but what, but... Is, but what is their plot <laughs> yeah They're just killing for the fun of it i mean are we making a comic book movie here i mean is it are we just checking reality out the window we kill the weak so the strong survive let's go ahead and get into our nostalgia for this i mean we'll start with jason and i because i think nathan's comes a little bit later on in mm -hmm. life but um you know that was watching this movie number one stallone i mean i was obsessed with stallone as a kid i would watch anything mm -hmm. and everything because of rambo rambo was my introduction into stallone and i loved everything stallone did from the point that i saw him in that at that time between like 83 and 90 anything stallone was in i was game for rambo is a pussy this one felt weird because it felt like one of the horror movies I'd watch. It felt mm -hmm. like a, a Michael Myers movie in the beginning. It, it, you've got these guys clanging axes together and shit like that. And I was like, it's Halloween six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Thompson looks like Michael Myers, like looks like the shapes mask in Halloween six. Yeah. Like, that is what he looks like in this movie. And, and you remember I told you in the beginning, we might get to some Donald Pleasant. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Dude. There's some parts of this movie. I was like, dude, this guy should have been Michael Myers. Absolutely. felt like I went to the theater and saw this when I was a kid. Wow. Um, namely because I remember a specific scene where mm -hmm. Stallone, you know, the, the cops are barking at him because of the shit that's going on. And he says something in replies with Disneyland. I, the the punchline of the joke was Disneyland. Uh-huh. 
I have combed the internet. I have combed the behind the scenes stuff, deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. I can't find anything with Stallone with a punchline joke with Disneyland. It wow. might not even be this movie. If anybody yeah. watching knows where the punchline of a Stallone joke is Disneyland, please leave it in the comments below so I can stop driving myself insane. They'll say I'm insane. Won't they? So it's, it's plausible that I did see this in the theater, but it, it's so and it's so hard to find a Stallone movie based just on a one-liner because so many of them so many well that but also they're all non sequiturs like almost none of them make any fucking sense get it for your health you know what is pinche me like that does not connect you're like, what the hell? That's like a, a freaking junior high drama class wrote some of the dialogue. <laughs> yeah. I have a theory about that scene because like when you rip his shirt, there's, it looks like there's a microphone taped to his chest, right? I have right? that note too, dude. I was like, wait a minute. Is like, I mean, maybe it's part of a deleted subplot because this movie was originally two and a half hours long, but yeah. like this, I, I, my theory is that Stallone improvised the shirt rip and they just had that take. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, what about you? What did you? What was your first impression of Cobra? When did you see it when you were younger? I know I didn't see it in the theater. Uh, this was definitely uh, a rental multiple times. Not by me. It was uh, my brother and sister's dad. Uh, he loved anything Stallone. I mean, we watched every Rocky movie before this. I mean, let's see, up to this point, we had four Rocky movies. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Rocky Four in the workout montage. I have a theory that this movie is tied to Rocky Four. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh, the things that always stuck out to me when I was a kid was the car, the 1950 Mercury, which you uh-huh. know I'm going to bring that up. I bring up all the cars. Jason, you would be proud of me. I actually did research about the car because I knew you were going to say something about this car. <laughs> yeah. 1950 Mercury, uh, what was it? Mercury Montero? It's. I just always call it a 1950 Mercury. A lot of those cars kind of blended together because they did have that many different body styles back then i mean were the show were the shelby cobras around at this time the carol shelby cobra i mean i but, think there's a missed opportunity there don't you yeah <laughs> yeah he could have been driving a cobra a shelby cobra around hello but the car was stallone's it was his personal car yeah anything with Stallone multiple times over and over and over to it's just like you can remember every little thing I mean we even watch Rhinestone I watched the fuck out of Rhinestone <laughs> Josh and I talked about that movie recently <laughs> the, the best part of that movie is just staring at Dolly Parton but oh lord he's a horny toad too horny toad it's not Drinkenstein no dr- Drinkenstein is the best part of that yeah. movie <laughs> But wiser you created a monster and they call him Frankenstein. As I got older, uh, it was the whole canon thing. Yeah. You look back at that time because you had, what was it, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Mm. Uh, what's the other ones? Over the Top later, which came out mm. like a year or two later. Uh, the crappy Superman 4 movie. Masters of the Universe. It was like the Roadrunner records of movies oh, yeah. at that oh, time. Because yeah. when you got into metal, you bought everything on Roadrunner records back then. And then during the 80s and 90s, you bought, you went and got anything on the VHS shelf that had canon on it because you knew it was going to be great gory comparison. and I yeah, love you, that. You got anything from Roadrunner until Roadrunner signed Nickelback. That's when you stopped getting. And then you're like, <laughs> Roadrunner. 
What the hell? Nickelback? Mm-hmm. Canadians make metal? <laughs> made ro made Roadrunner a whole lot of money. Don't blame yep. them. Well, Nathan, Nathan, you're you're a little younger than us, so tell us about your first experience with Cobra and, and why you obviously <laughs> love this movie so much. So Cobra was a weird one that I was like always peripherally aware of, but never watched. Um, the, the, the VHS box art always stuck out to me every time I'd see it at a blockbuster or something. Like it's such a such an unbelievable poster, such a great tagline. And, which we'll get to later, of course. Uh, and like, just, uh, I don't know, it's just a striking image. And as a kid, my real introduction to Stallone was via the Rambo cartoon. Yes. Which, like, which yes. led me to watch the first, not the first movie. I didn't see the first one until years later. I think I tried to watch it as a kid and was like weirded out that it was a drama. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I know I watched two and three as a kid and was very into Rocky, um, especially right. two and four for some reason. Those were like the ones I really, really dug as a kid. I must break you. It was three and four for me because Mr. T. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you can't go wrong with Mr. Sure. Yeah. Well, tell me uh, you had Hulk Hogan in part three too, bro. Don't leave him out. You hey. know what? Maybe it was three that really got because I loved Hulk. I loved Hulk as a kid. That's the name of the game. Cobra. I didn't see until I was in college, and it was because wow. how uh, how did this get made? Did an episode on it, and oh, it's wow. the, one of the few times when I started listening to an episode stopped the podcast and said, I have to see this movie. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. This sounds insane. It sounds great. Yep. Um, and I went and bought the Blu-ray like the next day. And just, I, I wore that thing out. I watched it over and over again. And I have no idea what it was about this movie that like appealed to me other than its utter absurdity. It's every 80s cliche rolled into one, but like so many of them, I think, were born from this. Like, it's almost like this weird, like, gestalt organism that takes everything that's, like, sweaty and gross and weird about the 80s and puts it into one movie. That's nice. Uh, in high school, I was really into the website Arrow in the Head uh, reviews, and it was mostly horror movie reviews, but they reviewed Cobra and kept describing it as basically like a slasher movie that then Stallone comes in and shoots his way out of. <laughs> and and I was yeah. like, that sounds great. And then just never could track it down at the time. I, it, this is one of those movies that I wish I had had since I was younger because I it's so fun. It's so silly. And uh, when you told me that you wanted me to, when you told me you were doing an episode on it, I, I think I sent back all caps, fuck yes, Cobra, I'm in, or something like that. <laughs> I've learned that there's some like uh, hidden messages in the text that Nathan sends me sometimes, and when I get one that says "fuck yes" bl uh, blank what, and fill in with whatever movie, it means Nathan really wants to talk about that movie. Uh -huh. So I better invite him on the show. It's very subtle. It's a very <laughs> subtle hint. Yeah, I think I've also sent "fuck yes" Teen Witch. <laughs> <laughs> we may talk about that in the future who knows it may happen we'll see so now we're gonna get into the good the bad and the ugly of cobra this is our mm. our watch this time around how do we feel about this movie now i will let you guys know i watch this movie kind of regularly so it's not one of those that i like put away for a while come back to and rediscover that i love it mm. i watch this movie all the time <laughs> i don't know i don't know what it is about this particular stallone yeah. movie that gets me 
I think it might be the the kind of slasher aspect of mm-hmm. it, really. And I think that's why I gravitate towards Terminator more than like Terminator 2. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a movie I still watch on the regular. So my opinion of this movie hasn't changed much since I was a kid. I, I go through phases where there is like a particular movie that I will watch over and over again, like while I'm writing, like just as background noise. This yeah. was it for a while. I mean, Big Trouble in Little China is always like in rotation somewhere. Big time. Yep. Uh, Live and Let Die is another big one for me. And yeah, but like Cobra, I, I, I like this was like the first time I've rewatched it probably in like five or six years. And so yeah. I was thrilled that I still found it just as silly and enjoyable as I always have. Jason, how long had it been since you've rewatched this? At least over a decade. Wow. Wow. <laughs> But the, that's what I mentioned earlier in the nostalgia part. We watched this a lot. I yeah. mean, a lot because we didn't have a, a bunch of money. Anything we had on VHS, we didn't even have cable for a long time. So it was just rewatching movies over and over and over. Totally. This is one that got played a lot along with all the Rocky movies. And when I got older, I still liked the movie. But I will say when I watched it for this time around, it just seemed like it didn't have that feel to me like I did probably mm. 10 years or plus ago mm-hmm. when I yeah. watched it. Yeah. It kind of was a little drop down. And I'm like, I'm wondering if it was Overwatch as a kid. Because it oh, wasn't possibly. a choice. To, it wasn't a choice. It was the adults in the house were watching Cobra tonight. Yeah. You know, and it was cool. We I liked it, but then you think, damn, was I force fed this damn movie mm-hmm. for most yeah. of my life? But it just didn't hang like mm. it did. So I mean, there are parts of the movie I like, especially the night slasher parts. Yeah. Because yeah. to me, like we talked about earlier, it definitely at some point in this movie it turns into Halloween for a second. Pretty hair. <laughs> Yeah, well, it turns into Halloween 2 for a second when they go to the world's se- second emptiest, the second emptiest hospital in movies. Yeah, there is never anybody in a fucking hospital in a horror movie. No, it's even worse because Haddonfield Memorial is empty. This place, everyone's fucking ignoring her. Like, they... Yeah, that's what's funny is it looks so empty, but when that fire alarm comes off, goes off, people come out of the woodwork in this hospital. Yeah, I mean, how could you not hear a man, like, banging on a door? She's screaming. You can hear him try to sh- shove that freaking knife through a door. And go. That's right there. You get a blur between Michael Myers and freaking, here's Johnny, <laughs> right there and at the a, door. It's a little bit like the uh, the hospital stuff in Exorcist 3, where it's just like, oh. you didn't see somebody with those big fucking scissors walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's still one of the best jump scares it ever is. in a movie. It absolutely is. I like Exorcist 3. That's one of those things where it's like, that was ruined for me, so therefore that movie sure. probably doesn't hit the same as it would for sure, somebody that makes sense. saw that shit for the first time and was yeah. scared oh. to death. And... It, it, it made me jump as a kid. I watched that movie yeah. as a teenager, and that's a oh shit, oh fuck moment. You're like, you, you <laughs> might, you might, sure. you're hitting the power button. Off, off. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we open with this voiceover from Stallone, which apparently was... Hold on, let Nathan do it. In America, there's a burglary every 11 seconds, and an armed robbery every 65 seconds, a violent crime every 25 seconds, a murder every 24 minutes, and 250 rapes a day. It started to become very white at one point. (laughs) This whole opening scene where you've got, you know, the guy coming into the, the, to the supermarket and and shooting the place up. It kind of hits different now watching it. I I do have to say, 
uh, because unfortunately we've had a lot of that shit really happen in life. Mm -hmm. Even in 86, that shit felt really scary. It's like anybody, anybody could walk into the grocery store I was in at the time and just start shooting away. And that was one thing I remember walking away from this movie being a little scared by was like Mm -hmm. the reality of some of this stuff now it, it it throws reality out the window later but that well, opening scene is what helps is that yeah it's it's also very 80s in that we're watching him blowing up like signage and no fruit is safe from this massacre oh god uh <laughs> or canned ha- fruit canned fruit <laughs> or peas is shot antelopes forget about it uh <laughs> pepsi you're out of here coke is it uh it's like that's the problem right it's that's what's so interesting about this opening is that immediately we're we're like thrown to this kind of dystopian look at the 1980s and the idea that there's only one man who can take this on because he doesn't care what happens to him and one of the things that i love about this movie and i and i, I realize it sounds like a slam and it partially is it's just there's like this overtone of it is like like I, I, I joked earlier, it's testosterone fuel filtered through Stallone to where it becomes testosterone. <laughs> it is masculine energy overload to the point where it becomes almost parodic. And I, I love that about this movie. It's the same thing I love about some of the worst Bond movies is that it's just like what are we doing here? Yeah. But it somehow <laughs> it works for me because everyone is so committed to to the whole vibe of the movie. Right. It's so over the top. No no pun intended. I think <laughs> I think this movie's also bringing in influence from like the Charles Bronson 70s cop movies. Oh, 1000%. Yeah. Even a little Dirty Harry. Yeah. Yeah, and- Dirty Harry, there's Death Wish. Yeah, absolutely. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Yeah, I mean, this whole opening scene is is captivating, but you've also mm-hmm. got Stallone coming in. One of one of the things that really got me this time watching it is when he's going through the freezer section, there's an old man in a wheelchair just yeah. holding his hands over his face. I never noticed that before, and I was like, holy fuck, dude, this old guy's probably just sitting there pissing in his pants. Yeah. But it was like, God, this is a fucked up situation, and we're making comedy out of it. I'll blow this whole place up! Go ahead. I don't shock her. They at least try to pivot with some comedy with Stallone. Yes. And not all of it hits, but some of it fucking does. Drinking a hot Coors. It's weird. It, it tries to ride that line of like, this is serious, but also Cobra's so chill that it's he's like unaffected. Yeah. Uh, and somehow it works. I don't know if it's because it's Stallone or, or, or what it is, but like... It's got that. It's also got that '80s, early '90s vibe where everything is foggy and smoky. Uh, everything's only lit by open blinds. Like it just—it <laughs> looks so good. It's so yeah. such a specific timestamp. But it has the feel and look of a gritty B movie, like you said, yes. like the Death Wish movies. Yeah. And even though, yeah, we get a little big spectacles here and there that you wouldn't have in a lower budget movie. But the feel of it, uh, even with uh, Brian Thompson's character, the Night Slasher, I mean, we stick with that, and it's just it is dirty, and he's dirty, and that's why I said to me he's the MVP of this film, because of he carries that character and he stays with that character. There is no character development. He is the Great White Shark. I'm just here to kill. Yeah, that's yeah. All I'm going to do. 
And I think that's like the, again, the Stallone of it all, right? Like, especially if he did truly mostly direct this movie, like the thing you forget about that first Rocky movie is it feels almost documentary-like, right? Yeah. Like it's very gritty. It's very like down to earth. And there's like a grime and a grit to this movie. One of the things that I, I am so happy about with the, with the Blu-ray is that the restoration doesn't get rid of the grain in the film. Like this feels, yeah. Yeah. this has that like 80s, everything sweaty and steamy feel to it, which I, I, I'm always a sucker for. And we've already kind of brought up the costuming with like the Night Slasher mm -hmm. guys, but I mean, even even Stallone's costuming with that God. long like trench coat that he wears. Yeah. And then he's always wearing the black gloves. Dude, I swear them blue jeans go up to the bottom of his ribs. Holy <laughs> shit, right? He's wearing mo like mom jeans. They come up to like up to here on him. Like his belly button is five inches from the top of his jeans. And or below it, I should say. His like Henley shirts that fit him tighter than the cast of Riverdale's costumes. Like it is <laughs> it is wild. If that man sweats, you see all of it. Like <laughs> He's like The Rock. That's where The Rock got the idea. Yes. I, all right. I, in real life, I wear an extra large. I'm buying a small. <laughs> yeah. it's, I'm, it's in the, I'm in the boys section buying shirts. It's Stephen Amell in Arrow. He's like, yeah, I know I'm wearing a leather suit. Can it be three sizes too small? <laughs> and it looks dope. It looks great. I kind of felt where the reporter was coming from in the, after the supermarket scene here where he's like, That's right, I asked the question, was it necessary for it to end like this? Come on, almost, did he have to die? When you're young watching this movie, it's just kind of like, yeah, well, he shot the bad guy. I, I get what he mm -hmm. did. But now, you, as an adult and seeing things that have happened in our lives, it, it, it's, it begs the question, you know, <laughs> you know, I kind of started touch, touching on the serious stuff that's in this movie. Like, yeah. there's a domestic dispute in the parking lot as the guy's walking into the supermarket. Like, you, you mm -hmm. said it. It almost feels like they're introducing us to a dystopian L.A. here. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of world where all of a sudden, you know, a cult can form and no one even notices the difference. Yeah. Are we sure this movie is it in Detroit and OCP is running the town? because so. <laughs> uh, it kind of feels like that a little bit like a little well, bit also, of uh old detroit there are bits that feel ahead of their time too like the opening shots of like the the gang like con you know congregating yeah it's like yeah. we're looking at an allison chains video <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the good parts of it. that's the thing yeah. we see the night slasher and we have the, all the motorcycles going on and everything dude tell me did you not get hell the night rider oh from sure. mad max dude i yeah. feel that this time watching this with the uh all the the whole gang thing the guys uh -huh. on the motorcycles with even the night slasher himself i'm like dude big mad max vibes and big like terminator vibes like oh, yeah. especially in the the last act of the movie well i think this is probably around the time where Schwarzenegger was getting a lot of buzz. Uh -huh. Stallone was around and doing, starting to get into his action flicks with Rambo. Yeah, and it was like, what can I do to kind of like one up Terminator? He I will also he fight. didn't do it, but yeah, I will also fight someone in a factory that only makes fire. Yeah, I will be the entire third act of Terminator Two before Terminator Two comes out. I'm gonna shoot on the set of a rat video. <laughs> Dude, we talking about that's quiet riot, man. You're right. That's, totally that's quiet, quiet riot, riot with the foundry. <laughs> Bang your head. Man, I'll have to drive you mad. The the idea that they use the pantyhose, like I don't Yeah. 
I don't recall seeing that before this movie. I'm sure someone did it, but regardless, it is it's so scary because it you know, Brian Thompson has such a big fucking head and yeah. it's not a slam, <laughs> it's just like he's Well that like, and it and his just facial features they come yeah. through his jaw literally cuts through the pantyhose and it's it it's makes like, for a scary image it's really good dude those shots of him in that man it's pretty uh unsettling the opening scene in the shopping store yeah. can kind of throw you off guard because the next thing you get with this night slasher is this woman being killed in a parking lot right which is super fucking scary, man. Mm -hmm. And you know they've they're, they've got the axes. They start going to town on this woman's car. The jumps to like, slow mo are so like eerie and weird, and the the score yeah. gets really different here. Um, I got to throw out like I one of my big highlights of this movie. I, I talked about this a little bit off mic, but Sylvester Levay's score for this movie I think is really excellent. Um, it, it really rides the line between those weird droney horror bits and the more like 80s up-tempo chase scene kind of sound. Right. Um, I also have a, I would love it if it turned out that Sylvester LeVay was just a, a pseudonym for Stallone. He's like, I can't, <laughs> I can't put that many credits in the movie. No, he no, he just hires Frank Stallone to do the music for the God, movies. I wish. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. There's a song in this, and I was laughing my ass off today uh -huh. watching this movie. It's, uh... Okay, and there's a line in the song, living on the edge of a knife. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm... I think the movie is completed. Hey, I just need you to write this song. We're just going to stick it in there somewhere. I, I was I was walking around singing it earlier, and my girlfriend goes, is that the robot song from Cobra? <laughs> <laughs> Our official look at the uh, Night Slasher, Brian Thompson's character, mm -hmm. is when you get Brigitte Nielsen coming around and actually witnessing a murder, mm -hmm. and he doesn't have the pantyhose on at the time. That shot of him walking up to the Jeep... And he is fucking scary in that yeah. shot, dude. Wide-eyed. And th that's the thing that makes, like, he plays that part so well. That's why it struck me weird when he was just this nice guy in the interview, you know? Because you know, this is probably the biggest thing I know him for. As a kid, he was the, uh, I, I knew him from, like, the first couple episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's yeah. fucking terrifying in that. Um, I remember he was in the Werewolf TV show. Right, that's right. He was in yeah. there. But I remember Michelle uh, Khan from Mortal Kombat 2. It has begun! Fright Night 2. Yeah, Fright, Fright Night 2. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and and as much as I watched Three Amigos as a kid, again, like I was like, oh fuck, he is in Three Amigos. Mm -hmm. And then we get our introduction to to Ingrid here, Brigitte Nielsen's character. They're like, you know, she's seen us. We've got to find her. And here is the biggest issue I have with this movie now. I think they reveal who the mole is too early. They've got somebody on the inside. They reveal it two seconds after they introduce the character. Yeah. Yeah, because she gets out of the van. She's one of the ones that comes up and said, oh, mm -hmm. I think I hit your car. Mm -hmm. I think you could have made it so much more suspenseful if you were like, oh, well, fuck, who is the mole? Because, well, like we've already mentioned, they're playing it towards Monty's character. Like, right. if I was going to say anybody is involved with the Night Slasher stuff, it'd be that dude because he's always trying to cock block Cobra. Right. Well, maybe there's more than one killer. Hey, look, this is not your specialty, okay? Well, you, know? you think about it, she's working there. She's working for him. That's why she's on the police force. He got her in there. And you're telling me she has the authority to call off the guards that were at Ingrid's 
hospital room. Like, right. I, there's right. still yes. so many breadcrumbs that lead to Monty that don't end up paying off in the movie. Look, I don't agree with them bringing you in here. I just want you to know that. You can tell the script was originally something else, and they kind of had to Frankenstein it into what it is. Drinkenstein, what? please. <laughs> yeah. But you, you do remember that this all started because Stallone was supposed to be in Beverly Hills Cop. Right. This whole movie got started because of that, and he cut everything out to make it a more serious movie, and he said, fuck it, we're not doing that. We're making another movie. But, you know, we get to this point where they're they're hunting down Ingrid. They they attack yeah. her at her at her place where she's doing the photo shoot with the infamous sex robots. And this is where she... she actually, in the picture you have behind you currently, Nathan, she looks exactly like her character in Rocky Four. I know. <laughs> she dresses like Adam Ant at one point. Like, yeah. She's like three different kinds of pirates during it. It's so good. Uh, I'm obsessed with the shitty photographer who's just like, look, I want to fuck you. And it's not for me. It's for your career. <laughs> like, Look, I'd be sick not to want to sleep with you. Dan, who <laughs> looks like Bobo Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Dude, that's a good one. This is where we get our first glimpse of like the knife, right? Like what I like to call the hot topic knife. <laughs> No, no, no. County fair knife. You yeah. win it with the balloon game. The knife was so sharp, it was really dangerous. Ugh, it's That thing was razor sharp. And I, I cut myself so many times just in between takes. I would... That finished weapon, the, the hero weapon, it's a work of art. It's perfect. The guy, Herman Schneider, that built it made a masterpiece. Sharpest knife Maybe the sharpest knife I've ever held. So I've certainly never cut myself more than any other knife. When they get Ingrid to the hospital and this turns into Halloween 2. This might be the, the highlight of the movie for me. I love the chase scene later, but like all the stuff with, with the night slasher and the elevator and the nurse finding the dead janitor. Um, even the scene of just Brian Thompson, you know, putting yeah, the, the greasy. shoe polish into his yeah. hair. Oh, it's so, it's so eerie. You know, people talk about how Anthony Hop, like there's that apocryphal story about Anthony Hopkins tried not to blink the whole time he was playing uh, Hannibal Lecter. I think that's what <laughs> Brian Thompson's trying to do here because he's <laughs> always got that, it's just that cold, yeah. wide-eyed stare. You men are supposed to use a service elevator. Next time, use the stairs. I can stab you. <laughs> like, he might as well say, I want to stab you. We're talking about the Halloween 2 references. I was so waiting for him to stab her in the back and start picking her up. Right? <laughs> and I was like, if that would have that been perfect. That would have been the best kill. And the, and the thing is, Brian Thompson's so fucking hulking in this, like, you would believe that he could do that shit, yes. too. Is this movie better if Bud from Halloween 2 is in it? <laughs> Amazing grace, come sit on my face. Don't make me cry. I need, I your, need pie. your pie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I actually really love that shot when he kills the mm -hmm. nurse that finds the janitor. Mm -hmm. um, you just hear him stabbing her, but you can see like his hand grabbing the bed and yes. pulling the sheets down. I think that's a really wicked shot. Yeah, it is. And it also just, it makes... It makes it feel more like a weird release for him, right? Like yeah. there's something, there's a, it's very evocative, very creepy. Uh, yeah, th this is all my favorite stuff in the movie is like stalking through the hospital. Pretty hair. I think the movie kind of goes down a little bit once we leave the hospital. Like it, it turns into the action movie. Sure. After this. I, I will say that 
the chase scene, like though, through the back roads good. and everything is so good. I mean, it's, it is fully insane though, because like this whole movie, Cobra has been saying like, I think it's an army, they got an army. And you, you know, we've seen four guys or whatever. He kills like 70 people in this finale. <laughs> this ought to clue everybody in. Like somebody is a mole in the police because mm -hmm. they knew that they were leaving the hospital. Yes. So somebody had information. Then you get out of the car chase. We're not up against one man. We're up against an army of killers. I keep telling you guys that. How can you prove that it's not just one man? How many fucking people just tried to kill me on the road, man? Right. But that, it, it fuels the fire for like the edited scenes of Monty yes. being the, the ringleader totally. of the whole thing. But I think another one of the great things about this movie is that lean 86 minute runtime. Yeah. Like, I love that this movie like it's such a quick breezy watch as right. as like dark and weird as it gets like it it goes down real smooth <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it hits a little bit of a lull right here where they're trying to get sure. her to the safe house and it tries to build character here which i think mm -hmm. it does very poorly <laughs> this is like textbook stockholm syndrome she is like yeah. super into him all of a sudden she's like you think right. you'd ever want to settle down with a lady like me <laughs> Yeah, she because in that in the in the truck, there's the line where she's just like, "There's so many crazy people out there. Why can't we just lock them up?" And I'm just like, "Jesus Christ!" Movie. Yeah. Why can't the police just put them away and keep them away? I'd tell them to the judge. That's really just the Christopher Nolan or like Jonathan Nolan setting us up for what's going to play out at the end of this movie when you get the speech from the Night Stalker. But it's also very much like it's the politics of the time right like right. this idea that like uh well we can't let these psychiatrists ruin you know the penal system and right. like punishing criminals and uh i mean it's the kind of the stuff that frank miller was playing with in the 80s as well uh, where it's like oh yeah the joker can be let free because our psychiatrist said he's fine <laughs> you know um <laughs> And it, it has that kind of vibe where it's just like, no, we need one guy to stand up and say, I'm going to kill all crazy people. That's that's what I wanted to talk about. Is, that's you know, they, the ugly of the movie for me. They He's, allude to the zombie squad. Zombie squad. I was just about to say that. What's mm -hmm. the deal with the zombie squad? Meet Lieutenant Marion Cobretti. I'll deal with psychos. I put him away. He takes down the worst of all criminals. I ain't no psycho man! The disease. Cooler. And I'm the cure. A renegade cop with a job title so vague it will make you wonder if he's a cop at all. He's a part of the zombie squad. That he works on the zombie squad and he should stay there. What's the zombie squad? We don't really know. Basically, this is where the law stops. I start. It means he can do whatever the fuck he wants. With no consequences. No hard feelings, pal. Hassle civilians. Clean up your act. Keep classified information in your home. Use your personal vehicle for official police business. <laughs> Destroy public property. I'll blow this whole place up! Go ahead. I don't shot her. Use eyewitnesses as bait. <laughs> Be 
because this is a job the actual police don't want. We're just different kinds of cops, that's all. Because he's the only cop that'll do the job. You're on the zombie squad. You're a specialist that does the job nobody wants, all right? You have the right to remain silent. Join the zombie squad and do what the fuck you want. Because as long as we have to play by these bullshit rules and the killer doesn't, we're gonna lose. Your history. The bottom line. Suck. Art LaFleur, the way he delivers the line, call the Cobra. It's yeah. like so fucking sick. <laughs> well, Stallone, according to IMDb, I don't know how true this is, but he supposedly based it off of a group of cops in Belgium that was called like the zombie squad. Huh. And the idea was that they were basically like vigilantes. They'd end their shift, go out at night and and fuck up criminals like however they could like the wow. folks who like slip through the cracks or whatever so what um, you're telling me is not something to emulate mind <laughs> no. you <laughs> so what you're telling me is cobra was one of the original watchmen he's he's rorschach actually <laughs> i'm locked in here with you you're locked in here with me <laughs> give me back Dude! my face <laughs> Even the reveal that his name is Marion, like, it doesn't really hit. I, I don't know, like, it's meant to be like, oh, he's got this girlish well, again, first name, it's, but... It's the kind of thing that Stallone thinks is very funny. <laughs> My favorite part of all of this, though, is not any of the information. It's not any of the flirting. It's him at that roadside fucking stand with the bobblehead going... Hot item. Hot item. <laughs> Sorry, no sale. <laughs> That's my favorite fucking part of that's this movie. When he's, that's when he's at his most charming, is when it's just Stallone, like, riffing with this lady at the, at the... Who is clearly an extra that they can't give lines, otherwise they'd have to pay her, like, residuals. <laughs> so he's, like, you know, he's constantly, like, saying things to her, and she just has to kind of go, like... Yeah. <laughs> is Cobra still a virgin? I hope so. Like, it doesn't seem like he knows how to be around a woman at all. Yeah, I mean, like like you said earlier, she's trying to flirt with him, and he's like, hey, look at this big hamburger. Like, yeah. that's like his whole energy. It's very childlike. This also goes into my question, like, did Cobra and Ingrid get together that night? Do we think they do we think they got a little snuggle I, with each other? I think they just slept next to each other. I don't know how this thing works. You know? <laughs> but I only ride bareback. Oh, yeah, great. Oh, oh this is great. Oh. You're great. Oh, is oh. it great? Oh, that's great. Hey, Kitty, you got to do one thing for me. What? Stroke the shaft, cup the balls. Adrian! Swallow the gravy. <laughs> do we think it is super fucked up that he decided to, to take her into this, like, podunk foundry town 1000% he is using her as bait it's fucking well wild. they even call him out that you're yeah. using her as bait is what you're doing I feel like someone in their right mind would never go along with any of this shit it's crazy how much she's actually around for some of the stuff that happens like when mm -hmm. she sees him fighting with the police there's no way she should, should be seeing any of that right y you know yeah. it's it's all just again we're watching a movie and it's to move the plot along I get it well, the, but still the problem the is that, that that police station is so small that literally right across from Monty's office is the shooting range. <laughs> yeah, because they walk right out. There's the shooting range. And Monty yeah. just has to listen to that all day because it's just glass. Like, it's not even fucking soundproofed. <laughs> this scene of him putting the gun together 
was one of the yeah. things that like as a kid holy shit like cool i loved hell. sitting mm-hmm. watching people put guns together it's tactile right like you, yeah. you have this feeling of like a ritual like when cobra is putting the gun together it's this is what i have to do to be safe this is like i don't know yeah. there's something very primal about it yep this is the aspect of the night slasher stuff that i also like is that you know they're not just all about knives and axes like they'll grab mm-hmm. some guns and shoot at motherfuckers they don't mm-hmm. care yeah, and it's a great action sequence. It just keep it keeps going, and I yeah. love that. I kind of love that. Like it's it's like the it's almost like the boat chase in Live and Let Die, right? Like it's just like <laughs> like at some point you're like, how many fucking different ways are we gonna keep doing this? Once we get in the steel mill, though, mm-hmm. and you've just got him lurking around hunting down the bad guys like again he's using her as bait she goes in first so he he can draw the bad guys in like i love Uh all of that i I hate it for ingrid because she is the bait but (laughs) sure (laughs) uh but all of this with with fucking michael myers walking around the steel mill just looking for him is great dude but when we get to him finally like really speaking for the first time that's bleed pig on your eyes pig you wanna go to hell with me? It's that side shot where all you can see is the glow of his, like the edge of his eyes and across his face and it's yeah. all black. They shoot yeah. the hell out of the sequence. That is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. And I, and it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's another artifact of the eighties, but just anytime I'm in a place where it looks like, oh, you just manufacture lava, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it fucking rules. And I'm like, Jesus, dude, like, I know why they shoot in these places now. Cause that stuff looks metal as fuck. Well, and it gives, exactly. it gives Cobra an opportunity to not just kill the night slasher, but kill the hell out of him. Oh. Like this is one of the most over the top, fantastic deaths for a villain in movies ever maybe like it's so good the conversation they have here at the end too is great he's like take me in they'll say i'm insane won't they but it's also it's also funny that he says that right because at this point we've watched cobra kill everybody yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah cobra cobra has yeah like laid waste to this army. He's not hesitated to kill any motherfucker so far. No. And this dude thinks he won't kill him. It's like, nah, bruh. But apparently in this scuffle between him and the night slasher in in the actual filming of this, he, uh-huh. he hit Brian Thompson in the face with the, the butt of that pistol one time. Stallone hit me the hardest in the jaw I've ever been hit in my life with the butt of his pistol. And Terry Leonard's grabbing his gun Okay, I said, I don't, I don't know, my jaw is really sore. So that butt of that pistol caught me right here in the jaw. And that scene where she's climbing up the ladder and he reaches down and grabs her by the throat. Yeah. yeah. Cobra shoots at him and there was an actual like flare that was gonna go off right by his head. Ooh. Uh, the thing that really pissed me off, and this is George P. Cosmatis' fault, and it was, the, it was the special effects guy's fault. They've got all these Bondo hits, and I see these and I'm like, how the heck? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, I think it's the only time I ever asked them to wait, hold the shot. What's going to happen with these, this bond that was going to blow up? How's it not going to blow up in my face? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, that's my first movie. I'm like, I'm not so thrilled about this. So I ran like this, the, the bondo exploded like shrapnel and just 
pepper the bottom of my tube. And just bloody this whole thing underneath here. Exactly as I told them was the danger. He said from that moment on, anytime he has a stun and there's something like that going on, he goes to, this, to the uh, pyrotechnics guy or whoever it is and he goes, mm -hmm. If I get hurt in the manner that I say is possible for me to get hurt by this shot, I get to haul off and smack you right in the jaw. Do I have your permission to do that if I get hurt? And if the guy says no, then I'm not doing the shot. I fucking love Brian Thompson so much. <laughs> and then we get the leather face kill. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. gonna hang you on a big fucking hook. And then we're gonna brisket your ass. Yeah. <laughs> He's screaming his ass off. Too. Oh yeah. His screaming makes it, dude. Yeah. And, the, and, and then when they when they cut over and it shows the body just burning, dangling on that hook. Ooh. It it's it. I agree with you, Nathan. It is probably one of the best villain death scenes ever. It's so satisfying. Like yeah. it's so it's so good. Brian Thompson MVP of this movie. Yeah. The dialogue, the way he acts, he is the night slasher, and even through him dying, the man dies good. Yeah, mm -hmm. I so. just, I wish the guy would have been treated better in the on know. the set, man. Yeah. It's kind of sad. No hard feelings, pal. All right, well, as far as Cobra goes, I mean, if you guys were gonna score Cobra from one to one hundred, mm. what would you score Cobra? Three, two, one, show him. Awesome like... 50 for Jason. <laughs> Holy shit. That's good. That's so good. 80. <laughs> I'm going 80, and we got Nathan with 86. 86. Because I think this movie is exactly made for when it came out. So 86. But no, like I said, it's middle of the road for me. I mean, like, mm -hmm. back in the day, I probably would have gave it, like, an 80-something. But this time around, it just didn't set with me like it used to. And sure. uh, I, I think I pointed out in, in my head I could pick up all the flaws and it was enjoyable to watch, but yeah, it wasn't. I would rather watch over the top. I think I would give over the top a little bit, right? But that's just, I think it, I think it I'm going to rewatch more over nostalgic. the top this weekend. I love that fucking movie. And, and as much as I talked about being a big Stallone fan when I was younger, I mean, I am not ashamed to say it, although I'm a little embarrassed. Uh, I mean, like over the top, Tango and Cash. Oh. I didn't. I didn't really watch those a ton. What? When I was younger. Dang. Um, I, I may Over have the watched top, them. I came too late. Tango and Cash was on cable constantly. So <laughs> TBS, dude. Yes. TBS, yeah. TNT. God, with, they with, played the hell out of Tango with Cash. With hilariously redubbed swear words. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, we, did, we had guys. a great time talking about Cobra tonight, man. I... Cobra. Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> Before yeah, we get out of you. here, uh, you want to plug anything you got going on right now? Gosh, yeah. Um, go check out the AIPT Comics podcast. Uh, we review our favorite comic books uh, and pick our, our, our favorites for the week and talk about the news and comics, what's coming up. We interview creators. Um, on Silver Linings Playlist, our, our season is sort of winding down. We recently had Josh on to talk about the Terminator. Yes. Uh, upcoming episodes include Basic Instinct. Uh, we've got an episode on uh, a couple of newer releases, The Menu and The Banshees of Inishirin. Uh And look, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. Our finale episode is on Malignant, uh, which was probably my favorite movie of that year. <laughs> um, I fucking love Malignant. So excited to talk about it with the boys. We haven't recorded that just yet. And, uh, oh, that's a scary movie, which I do with my girlfriend, Ashley. We've got uh, 
an episode on Valentine coming out soon, and we're going to be doing a bunch of listener request episodes coming up. So uh, it's going to be a fun, fun couple of weeks on the show over there. And of course, uh, for new eyes only, which I, I do with Josh on this very channel, yes. uh, we've got the man with the golden gun coming up. We're we're uh, balls deep in the Roger Moore era, so I'm very oh. Ball, <laughs> balls deep is the best way to put it, my friend. <laughs> and, and we've been talking about some fun one-off episodes we might do. I, I I think I might end up convincing you to cover Spice World at some point. I'll tell you, I, I tell you, I've been putting a lot of thought into it, and we'll talk we'll talk about it on the show. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for joining us again. If you're new here, thanks so much for sticking around and listening to us talk about mm -hmm. Cobra. It's, again, one of those great 80s classics that we love watching. And obviously, it's it's still a movie that I watch to this day. I love it so much, and I'm glad we got to talk about it. Jason, Nathan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Everybody, I want you to be kind, and I want you to rewind. rewind. Let's fuck out. <laughs>